Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hi, welcome into the show, the North Shore Fishing Report. Glad to have you aboard this morning. A uh, relatively cool morning. Um, those winds switching around and, and nice rainy, rainy afternoon brought some cool weather upon us. But uh, we've been dealing with heat otherwise, uh, the dreaded dog days of summer. Well, they're definitely here in, in South Louisiana. Um, we've already had a few days of, of 98s and 99 degrees already, and that's changing the way we approach our fishing trips. Um, the hotter the temperatures, the, the shorter window you have to fish. Uh, that midday between 11 a.m. and 4 is, is just brutal. So you're pretty much reduced to a morning trip or an afternoon trip these days. Um, also, we're dealing with the fresh water uh, from the spillway. Uh, we've never seen the spillway open for so long ever, so we're dealing with that. Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, uh, Lake Catherine as well. And the trout have all but, but abandoned the area, but we're still managing some, some redfish. The good old redfish bite is, is there, but um, we're seeing some some really, really nasty water the further you go west. Um, and algae warning has, has popped up this past week, and we often see this when the spillway opens. It's it's usually when the heat comes and that sun breaks out for extended days in a row, and, and that's exactly what we've seen this month, lots of sunny days. And uh, that's usually when we see it. Uh, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation says there have been a, a number of sightings across the North Shore, and State Health Department says uh, when you see that blue-green variety, that's the one you, you need to, to be aware of. That's the one especially harmful uh, to humans, and they should avoid contact. So use caution out there. Uh, watch out for that blue-green colored algae. Uh, just this past week, St. Tammany Parish President uh, Pat Brister announced the closings of um, St. Tammany Fishing Pier over there in Slidell. Uh, and also North Shore Beach and also Mandeville Lakefront is shut down because of the algae bloom. So be careful with that. Uh, I tell you that that's not. This is not the only area that's that's affected. Uh, Southeast Louisiana as a whole is being affected by the high river. Uh, if you check out that MODIS map that NASA updates daily, um, it's that satellite image taken of this area, and you can see that muddy, fresh Mississippi water just engulfing the whole tip of the boot of Louisiana. Uh, I made a, a red snapper trip just two weeks ago, and, and we jumped aboard the Cougar. That's uh, John Coulon's boat down there, down there in Venice. Um, John runs Delta Blue Sport Fishing, and I made my annual red snapper trip with, with Wanda Stewart, and we ran nine miles out into federal waters, and that water still looked like Mississippi River water. Uh, in fact, let, let me get to talk a little bit about that trip. I tell you, John Coulon, what a, what a challenge we faced on this trip, but John and his crew figured out the fish, and I believe it's the second, second or third rig we stopped at. We hit pay dirt. Limit out on red snapper, um, not to mention we were, we were able to add a, a large number of vermilion snapper to the box. Um, we had enough time after catching that to limit out on redfish as well. So uh, another great trip with Delta Blue uh, sport fishing out of Venice. I call that my, uh, my annual meat haul. And this year uh, I probably added more meat to my freezer from that one trip than I've ever had. So uh, special thanks to Wanda Stewart for letting us uh, join her group that she takes out there, and thanks to John Coulon and his crew for another amazing trip. I tell you, that, that trip came at a perfect time with the spillway being opened over here on the North Shore. It was nice to get out there and, and muscle in some, <laughs> some saltwater fish for a change.
Okay, uh, well, you know, I hate to hate to bring it up, but the private waters issue, uh, it's something that keeps popping up more and more. More and more property owners are, are posting the water near their property as private, but something came up this past week, and it's a Louisiana Wildlife Refuge sign that uh, has a, a keep-out sign, just a cheap keep-out sign that you buy at a dollar store or Walmart. Uh, it was nailed on the top of the Wildlife Refuge sign. Uh, Chris Basie took a picture of it. This was uh, towards Salt Bayou and Pearl River. I, um, I stopped in over there at the National Wildlife Refuge over there on Highway 434 in Lacombe and had a chance to speak with Officer Brad Kemp, and he says that they, they see this actually a lot. People have their fishing and hunting spots, and they, they think if they put up a you know, keep-out sign on the refuge sign, it'll keep people out. But uh, he says to remind everyone that these wildlife refuges are public and open to the public for their use. So if you see any signs nailed to a refuge, uh, state refuge or federal refuge, please contact them and, and they'll investigate it. But we're going to have uh, Chris Basie on later on to get his take on it. Okay, we had a report I want to get to. Um, this, is, this is a pond report. You know, usually we report on those, the rivers and the lake, but this is from a pond. Interesting story. Uh, this is the big pond right there where I-12, Interstate 12 meets uh, 190 in Covington. Jeremy T. posted this report. It's a fishing report, but it quickly turned into a scary situation. Uh, Jeremy runs jug lines for catfish, and he's been doing pretty good, but he made a trip and started setting his lines. Uh, he uses noodles as floats, so he, he started setting his noodles out, started setting his lines, and he looked back and saw an alligator following behind him. Uh, he didn't think too much of it being that, uh, you know, gators have never really bothered him before. So he set two more lines out, and he checked back and says the gator was bearing down on him maybe 20 feet away. Uh, he says he started paddling as hard as he could, but the alligator still caught him before he got back to the shore. It rammed the, the rear of his kayak and spun him around. <laughs> Jeremy says he, he got back, uh, he got started paddling as hard as he's ever paddled in his, in his whole life. <laughs> managed to get to the shore without ramming, without the uh, gator ramming him again and pulled the kayak up. Then uh, he says he looked out on the gator surface, and he says about 12 to 13 feet long. So needless to say that Jeremy won't be fishing that pond anymore. So just a warning, I know that a lot of fishermen fish that pond. It's a big pond, and it's well-established, lots of perch, uh, bass, catfish, and sockeye in there. So... Uh, when these gators get a certain size, and they, they get bold, they get territorial. So just watch out, uh, especially in a kayak or a P-Rog. Those gators are out. Uh, I spoke with Todd Ullman over there in Hammond, and Todd has some land where he runs lines or, or he used to run lines. Todd says the price on a uh, gator hide and um, meat is going down in the last few few years, so he doesn't run his lines anymore. But Todd says on his latest fishing trip, he counted uh, 23 alligators from Lee's Landing to Bitico Creek. And in the years before, he would only count maybe four or five. So lots of gators in the waters these days. Okay, I want to mention a fishing tournament that's coming up next month. Uh, this is the Lars and Lunkas crew over there in Pearl River. This is the 19th annual Lock One Kids Fishing Tournament, and it's going to be held on Sunday, July 21st. So that's next month. A lot of time to get prepared for that. Uh, mark that down on your calendar. Uh, they do a really good job over there. It's the 19th one they've done. So 
they're pretty much pros at holding this thing. Uh, just a lot of fun for the kids. There's prizes handed out, lots of awards, plenty of divisions, including a trash fish division <laughs> where you can you can weigh in any fish, garfish, pickerel, whatever they can catch out there, bring it on in. So plenty of chances to win for the kids. Uh, it's a free event. It's uh, for kids 12 and under, so strictly for kids. Uh, if you need more information, just contact Chad Hartzog, 985-502-3217, or you can just Google Liars and Lunkers Kids Fishing Tournament, and it'll pop right up. All right, we got a jam-packed show this morning. We're, uh, we're going to talk with a tournament director for Bass Assassins Tournament, Chris Basie, and get their results of uh, his tournament out of Lock 1 in Pearl River. Uh, those guys fish the lock, so we're going to get a report from Chris on that area. Also, we'll touch on the private waters issue that, uh, that I mentioned earlier. Talked with Chris about that. Got a report, like I said, of that, that sign being nailed to the wildlife refuge uh, to kind of tick Chris off. So hopefully uh, hopefully, will be calmed down by now to be able to talk with him. It's just getting crazy out there. Uh, you know, those wildlife refuges are open to the public, so... There's no gray area there, but uh, Chris is going to come on, tell his story about that. Also, play thumbs up or thumbs down with Chris. I'll uh, throw out a few spots and uh, see if Chris approves of it or disapproves. Maybe help you out a little bit this weekend on where to find some bass. And, of course, we'll check in with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters to find out uh, the water conditions are. Maybe he's finding some fish, some redfish in uh, Lake Bourne, Lake Catherine, or like even Lake Pontchartrain maybe. Uh, see if he's found any clean water out there. Uh, and he's still finding, finding redfish, so that's something to focus on uh, until we can get past all the fresh water that, that's coming into the into Lake and Lake Bourne. Also, we're going to uh, speak with Ray Miller. You know, the Sokolay, it's not traditional Sokolay time, but uh, Ray Miller and the guys on North Shore Fisher Report, they fish Sokolay year-round. So we're going to check in with uh, Ray Miller right after the break. So. Hang tight through the break, and we'll pick back up with North Shore Fishing Report, more outdoors. All right, welcome back to the show. Up next, we're going to check in with Captain Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. Andy fishes uh, Lake Pontchartrain and all parts east. Uh, he's stationed out of Mandeville, but utilizes Island Marina when he's when he's fishing further east. Andy uh, targets uh, speckled trout, redfish, flounder, but also he walks a bit on the wild side. Andy fishes the lake for uh Monster garfish, bull shark, and, and those big bull reds. Uh, he runs his big fish trips out there. So hopefully he's got a few big fish stories for us this morning. So we'll check in with Andy right now. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I am doing just fine. Uh, you on the water today? I am in Pensacola, Florida today. We've, uh, <laughs> we kind of backed out after... Uh, the spillway opening kind of got that algae bloom. We uh, we put all our trips on hold and uh, kind of headed down here, uh, get a little break and check on a few things we got going on this way. Yeah, you mean these algae blooms have pushed you that far uh, to Pensacola? Yeah. <laughs> well, after after Mississippi, after the beaches on Mississippi went down, we decided to head uh, a, a little further this direction. <laughs> Andy, what's the water like over there? You catching any specs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you, Mandeville was rough, and uh, we're just kind of heeding the warnings that they that we saw come out, and uh, you know, advising people to stay out of the water. And uh, you know, after watching, you know, we did a little TV segment there before the mayor came on, 
and uh, you know he was advising people to kind of stay out of there until they got a good good handle on what was going on, and we kind of heeded that warning. Yeah, rough, rough, rough. So I know you've been fishing out locally here on the North Shore. Uh, what's what's the water looking like? Any any kind of hope? Any peaks of uh, clean water somewhere? Any pockets? Maybe uh, yeah. in the western shoreline of Lake Bourne or something? Well, we've been uh, you know we the redfish trips we've still been catching quite a few over there and. Uh, the Catherine area over on the east end of, you know, out of Slidell, we still had a great, great redfish run. Our alligator guard trips, of course, have been off, just off the chain. Uh, Great guard trips this year. We've had a lot of requests for that. Uh, Hopefully we're going to resume that starting next week. I just have to give this algae a chance to break up and kind of, kind of move out. Hopefully with a little weather over there, we'll, uh, we'll have that happen. Yeah, I, mean, I tell you what, the, the weatherman is, is, is having a, a challenge these days. He, you know, cool front come through, what, two, three weeks ago, and then we have 99-degree heat. Uh, I don't know what we're seeing right now. It looks like the, the, the wind switched over to the north. It's kind of you know, breezy, cool. Uh, it's not too bad. So, I don't know, man, just another challenge uh, for us here on the North Shore. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, welcome to yeah, yeah, as if Lake Pontchartrain isn't hard enough, you know, to fish during regular conditions, you know. Well, that's true, um, and uh, it has been changing as quick as quickly as you can blink. It, uh, it'll you'll get a storm, you'll get you know the same stuff. So, uh, yeah, the heat I think has really set off this algae this year too. Yeah, yeah, and it's that you know those numerous days of sun just pounding down. That's what it you know it grows on that sun. Um, man, that algae, you know, I, I got to think that it's got to be heating up the lake even more because, you know, when that sun hits an actual structure that's on top of the water, it just translates right down into the water, you know? Absolutely. It's uh, it's as bad as I've seen, um, you know, throughout the throughout the different areas. And, uh, you know, we're kind of – it's unprecedented. We've never had the spillway open this long right. or, or back-to-back years. So, I think we're all kind of, you know, looking and going, okay, what's going to happen? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing we need to happen is get this thing shut down. I think they were speaking of maybe in two weeks they'll start uh, shutting it down. So that's the first thing that needs to happen. And then, maybe, man, this river can just go down. I mean, you gotta you got to understand that this is the wettest month ever for, for up, up north. So, you know, right. what we're seeing, Absolutely. you know what we're seeing is, is accurate as far as what they're dealing with. So Andy, yeah. uh, man, I, I, I don't even want to talk about speckled trout. I don't think there's any speckled trout, uh, hardly anywhere, huh? Any sign of trout or is this basically redfish country? You know, uh, over here, if you catch, if you catch a trout, uh, you know, from, from Mandeville, uh, really into the Wrigley's or Catherine right now, you'd be, uh, you'd be a hero at this point, but, uh, <laughs> Shell Beach, Shell Beach is having some reports, and uh, a lot of it is, you know, depending on when you go out, where you go out, the guys are catching. Uh, but I have yet to see anything, you know, along the, this side of the the, Bo- the Bourne shoreline into uh, Catherine. All all redfish, sheephead, uh, catfish. Um, but, yeah, that trout's on a most wanted picture right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Andy. I find somebody that catches a speckled trout uh, west of the trestles. I think you'll pay for them to take you fishing, huh? <laughs> I tell you what, it, it is it is something. Yeah, it, it is a concern. I mean, we've watched that 
that trout fishery decline from the causeway. This year was really a poor year on the trussels, probably the toughest year on the trussels we've had. So uh, a couple bad years back-to-back on the causeway. Trussels is uh, definitely slipped a bit this year. We'll see what it does, you know, coming into fall. But uh, definitely concerning uh, to me at that point. And, you know, typically when we get into these hot summer months, the trout become pretty scarce around here anyway. But right. really right. Le- just leading up to it was kind of disappointing. You know, we didn't have anything leading up into the summer months uh, that that really was encouraging for trout either. Right, right. So let's uh, let's jump on the redfish uh, train here. Uh, we got a report. Uh, Bite scoop reports uh, two weekends in a row came came Bayou was producing reds. Uh, Tide was ripping out of that Bayou. He said he caught a few redfish early in the morning on top water and gold spoons with a slack tide. You seen any redfish at Bayou Cane? Yeah, we had uh, before we, we shut down. We had a good run of redfish from uh, from Lacombe actually all the way to Car Drive. Car Drive had a great great batch of uh, redfish running over there, and okay. that then we've seen quite an accumulation of the algae. So we haven't, we haven't ventured back over that way uh, in the car drive area, but yeah. So the shorelines and all the way from Lakeshore States, all the way down to Cane Bayou have had, you know, some great, great catches. And, and at times, even on the South shore of the, uh, the trussels are along the rocks there, there was a good little pop of them. So uh, when they're when you get on them, you're definitely getting on them, and it seems to be the trend is you you'll get into schools of 40, 50, 60 fish. Uh, mm. They may not all be keepers. You might have to uh, you know have to work through them to get some size to them, but uh, it's definitely some good fish out there, and um, you know the numbers the numbers have been very high on the catches. Uh, they're just a lot of them are, you know, 14 to 15 and three quarter inches, though, of course. And then uh, you'll mm-hmm. get some nice 16 to 17 inches. Yeah, well, that comes with the territory, you know. I mean, it's still catching fish, still having fun. Uh, Andy, hey, back to the spillway. What, uh, as far as a recovery, you know, it usually takes two or three months, but but this is different. Like we said, there's so much more water that has flowed into you, and that water is now – man, I've seen that water on satellite into the uh, chandelier sound. So um, yeah. what is your – what are you hoping for when you look? I know you've looked at the modus maps numerous years, being a, a charter guide like Potch Train, you, I and mean, that's your livelihood. You're looking at that map. You, you're watching the winds. In your opinion, what's the best thing that we need – that we could see to help this, this lake uh, – flush out well you know keith everybody says oh we need a good storm to flush everything out um yeah i hear that over and over again uh you know and obviously we do need the good east winds come in there and we do a good front you know would be great to kind of start getting some of this water turned over but to be honest with you i don't know what it's going to take this time uh, we don't have the circulation in the lake that we used to have, and that's a different topic. You and I have discussed that before in the past, uh, due to due to some of the you know areas that we used to pump water into the lake a little bit and give it exits and entrances and exits uh, are not there. Um, so uh, we're in uncharted territory. We're two years in a row. 
The water's definitely fresh. I think it's going to be something that we're going to have to watch the salinity and the modus, you know, at, at all times. And then just being out there to kind of get honest assessments. But I think the, the biggest thing is for us is to get that honest assessment and not people, you know, you hear, you get these arguments on both sides. One one side's like, oh, nothing's going on, da, 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 da. The other side's like, oh, it's a complete catastrophe. I think that the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Uh, as usual, but um, the lake is resilient. It, it tends to come back pretty quickly, but I don't think we've ever taken it this far, so we'll see how quick she can bounce back from this. Well, we can look at this as a good measuring stick because, um, man, I tell you, I don't think we'll ever, we won't, we won't get this much uh, rainfall, uh, knock on wood, <laughs> for, for quite some yeah. time. But um, So we, if, we, if we could bounce back from this, um, I think we'll be all right for a, a, a few more times. And there's these flies that's been flying around. What's going on here? Where, I looked up the midge flies. Or they're not mayflies. I think they're midge flies. Is, is midge yeah. everywhere? They are everywhere. We did a actually we did a fly fishing trip, and it was very appropriate that they showed up that day. And uh, <laughs> they they swarmed us. They swarmed the boat so bad that you could hear them buzzing. Uh, pretty pretty amazing uh but something of interest too you know we've caught more striped bass this year than we've caught in any years past uh nothing yeah. with any size to them but I, I was thinking about on that trip with the fly fishing trip we uh we actually got a, a nice uh, about eight eight to twelve incher uh and of course we did a catch and release on it but um and we pulled some out of catherine and uh you also remember the the young man that uh, Don Dubuque's mm-hmm. nephew, I think, that caught that monster out of uh, out of Lake Catherine this year. So that's kind of interesting yep. to see where that's going to go. Yeah, it looks to be improving because I watched warm temperatures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely seeing the striped bass improve, and I've seen it on North Shore Fish Report with the reports. Well, Andy, uh, I guess you're, you're you got any big fish stories before I uh, before we leave? Well, all of our all of our gar have been very nice this year. The one thing that we're really uh, kind of disappointed in, Keith, is we have not had any bull shark uh, in the lake from uh, from Lacombe all the way to uh, Fountain Blue this year. And typically, April May we start catching them. Uh, this is the latest we've gone without without catching any. Uh, haven't even had a sighting. Um, uh-huh. pretty disappointed in that, but the alligator gar have not disappointed. They have been, you know, five foot plus. We have one at six foot six this year on rod and reel. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those, those fish have all been real good. Um, and the bull reds are not as thick this year as we've seen in years past. Now we're, we're still getting some red fish on those trips, but they're, I think our big bull has been 39 inches this year. Um, uh-huh. and we, yeah, we typically would catch between 33 and 39 inches pretty regular. We're dropping down to, into the 24 to 27 inch on those trips. Uh, and there's definitely not as many. Interesting. Interesting. Well, all right, we're going to get to the break here, Andy, but, uh, where can folks get some information about book our trip? Uh, North Shore Fishing Report. Go on there, uh, along with all your other great sponsors. Click on that banner, and it'll it'll uh, it'll take you right there to our website and give you all of our information, along with all the other great fishing information on the NorthShoreFishingReport.com site.
All right, Andy, and uh, you have fun in Pensacola. Don't get too used to that clean water now. <laughs> I was actually able to get in the water yesterday. I said, this is a treat. <laughs> Take care. You have fun, man. You too, Keith. Talk to you later. All right. Saltwater fishing right there. Up next, we're going to talk a little bass fishing. Freshwater fishing on the North Shore. Nothing wrong with that these days. Plenty of bass, perch, and catfish being caught. So uh, we'll check in with the tournament director for Bass Assassins, Mr. Chris Basie. Uh, you're listening to the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors, WWL 105.3 HD2, or you can stream live from DonTheOutdoorGuys.com. Be back right after this. And welcome back to the North Shore Fishing Report. Uh, last hour, we covered some saltwater fishing. Uh, you can call it that right now with uh, Andy Jones. And up next, we're going to talk a little bass fishing. Chris Basie joins us this morning. Uh, Chris runs the Bass Assassins Tournament here on the North Shore, and He's an avid bass fisherman in, in the rivers and the tributaries that run into the, the lake here on the North Shore. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Keith. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Doing any fishing today? Are you working? Uh, back at work again, unfortunately. <laughs> Priorities, Chris. Priorities. I, I, know, I know you'll get to fish. I know that's why you created that tournament, to keep you at least fishing once every two weeks, huh? Yeah, yeah, about, that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> every two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. So yep. Let's talk tournament here. Y'all had one at at Lock One in Pearl River. How'd that go? Uh, it went pretty darn good, uh, uh, at least for Timmy. Anyway, <laughs> Timmy, Timmy, uh, Timmy Dickens, huh? He won it. Yeah, he won it with fourteen fifteen. He almost had fifteen pounds, and he had a, a, a eight pound kicker. So. That's a that's good fish. I mean, that's the second tournament we had there this year, and both tournaments had a fish over eight pounds weighed in. Yeah, man, that lock one is it's got some good, big, healthy fish. But uh, sometimes right. tough to it's figure them out. What, what was the water like over there? I mean, the water is basically always clean, but, but what kind of conditions did you guys have? It was it was normal, typical summertime lock one. I mean, it was just you know praying for some wind to move the water around and. Uh, it was a little bit stained towards the northern end, which it normally is, and then it got clearer as you came down. Uh, you know, it, I don't know exactly where he caught all them fish, so I couldn't tell you what water he was fishing. But hmm. it's normal, typical lock one during the summertime. Yeah. Well, Chris, did you try asking him where he caught it? <laughs> no, I figured it's gonna lie anyway. <laughs> you know how we are. <laughs> it's mandatory that you tell the tournament director where you caught the fish. <laughs> yeah, if he says he caught him at the dam, he didn't. He must have went up to the other lock. I guess. Well, the opposite, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she sent me a picture a few week, weeks ago of a keep out sign uh, nailed right over a Louisiana Wildlife Refuge sign. Uh, were you able to get back there and see if that's been removed? Uh, I have not been able to go there to check that out. Uh, been either at work or fishing other areas, unfortunately. So mm-hmm. I haven't been able to check it out, but I should be able to get out there. I'll get out there as soon as I can and figure it out. Yeah, well, I stopped over there at 434 and talked with Officer Brad Kemp, and he said, yeah, that, that's not them putting that up. If they put any kind of sign, it's going to be a little bit more official than a than a dollar store uh, keep out sign. So, um, um, you know, just just to, to check on it. I had to check on it just to make sure, you know, sometimes they go back in there and they're doing some uh, 
reorganizing or whatnot, but uh, that's definitely a homemade keep out sign. It's been not uh, nailed up there, and he said just go on right in. Uh, Chris, uh, looking at an, another tournament, um, the West Pearl, it was the site of this tournament. This was the Florida Parish of Bass Anglers, and uh, 16 teams showed up on a falling oh. river. And uh, this is a report from uh, Jason Pittman. He says the water's still dingy over there. <laughs> you, you've seen the same thing? Dingy Pearl, dingy, uh, Pearl River? <laughs> uh, I have not been to the west since uh, our last tournament out there. We had to, you know, we had to relocate our, the last one we were supposed to have there. We moved it to the east. Um, but it's... I'm sure it, I heard it's getting back to normal right now. It's not quite as yeah. much as it was, and it's, the levels have come down a lot. So it, yeah. what he's, we're going to have to deal with said, now is still a problem. So. Yeah. He said the teams ended up scattering all over the place, no fishing in the in the woods and in the marsh. Uh, ten limits were brought to the scales. So um, mm-hmm. ten limits for Maybe 16. Yeah, that, that's still tough fishing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For those conditions, that's a bad 10 limit. Yeah. Thomas McChrystal won that with 11.44 pounds. Um, Man, I tell you what, the big fish for that that tournament was 297. So, man, they've got to be struggling. That is a small fish for the pearl. I saw saw that. And usually you've got to have a limit of those to win. (laughs) Yeah, a limit of 297, huh? Yeah, that's what you've got to have to win in five of them, but. That's yeah. That's well, kind Chris, of a small big fish. Let's talk a little bit about what we're what we're seeing right now. We're switching over to you know fishing for bass in the summer. You know during the cool weather we, we look for wood. We like docks and pylons, something where the sun can heat that wood up and that wood soaks into the water, and thus uh, turns the water you know warmer. Is there any counter to that during the summer? Is there something you look for uh, that means cooler water? Yeah. Uh... Actually, what we were just talking about, muddy water that's moving is usually cooler. Uh, mats, but instead of, like, in the cold time, in the cold weather, the fish are going to be up against the mat, soaking in the heat. In the summertime, they're going to be on the bottom, underneath the mat, further away from it. Because mm-hmm. they're, they're keeping the shade and the water that's moving through there, it's keeping it cooler down there but they're not going to be right up on the mat. So you want your lures to drop down and go all the way to the bottom when you're punching mats this time of year. Uh, uh, underwater uh, underwater trees, stuff like that, I'll fish. Uh, but if, if it's cold, muddy water, like on that West Pearl, I'll still flip the trees, especially a shaded bank. I'm going to stay on a shaded bank as much as I can. That's about mm-hmm. it, and unless you want to go deep. Chris, I you know. <laughs> uh, saw your latest video of CB Bass, and on the website, uh, you gave some tips on how to skip jigs. Now, usually jigs isn't the first thing that comes to mind when I, when I think of skipping lures underneath structure. Uh, usually I think of flipping jigs where you're just heading down the shoreline and you're making these quick little underhand casts. Talk a little bit about the need for skipping jigs. Well, when you got a lot of low-hanging low limbs, uh, when you try to flip under there, you're just going to end up hitting a limb. And you got you're trying to like, I don't know, leverage it back in there, but it doesn't always work. If you can skip them, they'll go way back into the to the ball of the tree, and you get a lot further back in there. And 
the reason for using jigs is it's something bulkier, something bigger for bigger fish. And uh, during the summertime, they want, if they're going to go after something, they kind of want something bigger, something they can feed on. And they don't have to keep, you know, they'll be full is what I'm trying to say. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to skip bigger baits under there. You know, during the winter, I'll probably skip flukes under there. But during the summer, I'm going to throw, I'm going to skip a jig under there. Yeah, yeah. Incredible uh, camera shots, too, with Will in that video. So kudos to you. I know you had to work hard to get get those camera shots of um, the lower skipping across the water. Really incredible. We had a uh, a question on the site from Richard Mason. He's coming to the area for the first time on uh, the 4th of July, and uh, he's going to be bringing his 18-foot bass tracker. He's going to be staying on Bayou Liberty. Uh, he says he's hoping to be able to run down the bayou north of the marine to the mouth of Bay- uh, Bonsakai and catch some specks. Don't laugh. Sockelay. or whatever's biting. Let, let, let's focus on whatever's biting and biting liberty right now. Um, also hopes to run to the trestles of the causeway and fish. But uh, what he's looking for is his questions are more centered to uh, is liberty deep enough to run safely in his boat? He says he's got about a 30-inch draft on plane. Yes, yes, liberty's fine. Uh, I will say if you go out into the lake, Follow your channel markers out at least two poles before you turn either way because that lake is very shallow for a long ways out, and there's a lot of pilings out there. But as long as you're in Liberty, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said he mentioned about going to the tra- to the causeway. Uh, mm. I would suggest trailering his boat to the causeway or to Mandeville Harbor mm-hmm. and launching there because uh, that lake can turn up bad quick, and that's a long run by boat in the lake. So, yeah, I, I would suggest it's, it's safe. Why yeah, I wouldn't suggest even going to the causeway or trestles actually, because if you want to, if you want to fish what's normally a hard area to fish at the worst opp- opportunity, you know, opportunity yeah. is not good at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no. it's. I wouldn't suggest stick it with either. fresh water right now. Yeah, stick with fresh yeah. water. Uh, Richard. All right, Chris, we are running out of time, so give me a quick answer to this. We're going to play thumbs up or thumbs down. You know, I name a specific location. You give a thumbs up or thumbs down and explain why that place may or may not be good fishing today. So thumbs up or thumbs down. We launch at Bayou Liberty Marina, head into the lake, and back into Eden Isles. Huh. That that area (laughs) always seems to work good. Eden Isles always seems to have good fish. So I would, I'd say thumbs up on it. Uh, it probably the morning time I'd focus on the docks and then towards the, when the sun comes up, I'd go out towards the outer edges of the docks and try to throw a crankbait out there along the edges of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that area's always protected pretty good. So it's kind of a little refuge back there. All right. Let's get one more. Cause we are quickly running out of time here. We, we're going to launch at uh, Bayou adventure on main street over there and uh, head into Cypress Bayou. I'm gonna say thumbs down. Uh, okay. I'm, I would say in the main bayou, if you're on Lacombe, especially in this heat, I would stay in the main bayou. Uh, I would stay close to the mouth of it. The mouth of that Cypress Bayou is really good, but I really wouldn't go up back up into it. So thumbs yeah. down. All right. What's next for Bass Assassins? When's your next tournament? It'll be the seventh at Bayou Lacombe. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck in that, Chris. Keep me posted, buddy. No problem. Thank you, T. All right. 
All right, Chris Basie right there talking bass fishing, uh, bass fishing, getting more normal pattern, you know, with the summer, summer weather here, uh, morning bite is getting better. The big fish are starting to, to kind of dictate uh, that good feeding pattern for those bass. So hopefully Chris helped you out a little bit with, with what he had to share. All right, up next we're going to check in with uh, our other freshwater fishing reporter, Ray Miller, the Sockalini Killer, a.k.a. Cajun Ray is going to join us to give us a scoop on those sockalini or crappie or white perch or whichever you like to call them. Be back right after this. You're listening to North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors. And welcome back into the North Shore Fishing Report on More Outdoors. Up next, we're going to check in with our Sockalay guy, Ray Miller. Uh, we've got a few reports coming into the North Shore Fishing Report, and things seem to be getting a little better as far as the, as finding a pattern to these fish. Um, as you know, these fish, they move move around into different levels of water, especially uh, from the spawn. But now the heat is on, and the, the fish have moved back into the deeper water, back into the main rivers. Um, and I'm guessing that's where our, our nest next guest is fishing out in the main river the Trafuncta river so let's check in with ray to see how the sockeye anglers are doing in this heat good morning ray morning keith how are you doing this morning i'm doing pretty good yeah, it's actually, actually pretty cool outside huh yeah it's nice yesterday morning it was almost downright chilly you know we're yeah, running down yeah. the river yeah it's, it's tough to tough to peg you know when when, the, when these highs go the other day man i, I, I I read uh, 100 degrees traveling down the interstate on on the on I-12 there. Oh yeah, it's but it's on the river. It's been brutal, you know. Around 10:30, 11 o'clock, it's like, oh my God, you can't hardly hardly breathe because it's so humid and hot, you know. But uh, yeah. and the fish feel it too. They're moving deeper. Absolutely, absolutely. Get comfortable. Fish want to get comfortable too. Now, Ray, I learned so much with you. You know, fishing with, with you, John Gilead, crappie fishing. Um, it's just on a whole different level. I like to liken it to, to turkey hunting. There, there are a few who do it, yeah. and those who those who do it, they're really into it. So, you know, so much so that that's all they hunt. So that's that's pretty much like you, and uh, you're a soccer oh, guy yeah. through and through and through. So, anyway, I learned a lot from you guys uh, talking with you and fishing, but uh, I still have you know plenty to learn. First off, talk a little bit about what you're seeing right now as far as these fish, what they're doing, because it seems like you guys were struggling there for a while. Is there some kind of transition period that they go through uh, when they're not quite schooling up, like maybe you'd see midwinter or midsummer? Yeah, there is a transition period, and sometimes, you know, you have a few weeks where it's kind of hard to determine, are they shallow, are they deep? You know, so, of course, I like deep, so that's where I'm going to start, and then, I'll have a friend that'll go out the next day and he'll catch them at three feet deep. But uh, the, but they always were going to go deep the hotter it gets. You know, it's kind of like a winter pattern. They just get into the deeper water. But uh, when it gets hot like that, it's just really hard to determine uh, where they're going to go. And then it changes on a daily basis. Uh, you know, when we went Thursday, we went out there, Neil and I, a real Cajun, we caught a nice mess of fish, went back yesterday to the same exact spots and didn't get a bite on the spots. But that's the way a summertime <laughs> bite is. But, you know, you have that transition. And part of the problem with the transition is that we have this year we had so much rain and the water was so high and the fish, it really scattered the fish, you know, because uh, the, the water was way back up in the woods. So a lot of these fish were, you know, the, the mentality has always been, uh, even when I was bass fishing, you know, it's like follow the rise. That's where the fish are going to go. So it's, mm-hmm. but, uh, sometimes it's really hard to get up in the woods and fish farm. So you just 
go and fish where you normally fish. And uh, you yep. have to be versatile. You have to be willing to change. You know, it's just, I know some people that only fish three foot deep on the car every every day that they go fishing, you know, 365. But I'm not really? that way. And, neither, you know, most of the people that I fish with, uh, you know, we, we just change. You know, you, you get out to a spot where you might scan a spot and see some fish, and you get out there and you go deep. But uh, and when you put your jig in, it's just going down, and you're watching your line, and all of a sudden it hits it. You know, you're only like two feet on the water. Well, you start changing a little bit because they're, they're going to be around structure pretty shallow. Now, as the sun comes up a little bit, they're going to go deeper, you know. So early morning bite is, you know, sometimes they're going to be really shallow. But as that sun gets bright, and John can tell you that, and he, that's why he loves to go when that sun gets bright. That way they're going to be down a little bit deeper into that into that structure. And that's where you're going to catch a bigger fish. Yeah, that sun yeah, almost dictates where. Yeah, that sun dictates where those fish are going to be. So, kind of use it to your uh, advantage. That's you know, it's like Absolutely. bass fishing as well. You know, when it's hot oh, out there, thing. those fish are going to be hot. You know, they're going to move. They're going to move. They're going to get closer to the shade. You know, somewhere they can be out of it. You know, particularly what we find. Uh, this time of the year, you know, I like to fish with jigs or shiners. It doesn't matter to me. I want to bring some fish home. But in the mornings, typically, you know, your jig bite's going to be on. But as that sun moves up and they get deeper, then it gets harder to catch them on jigs. So we move to shiners a little bit more, you know. And so the past couple of days we went out, we probably caught half on shiners and half on jigs. You know, but like I said, the morning bite was more jigs than shiners. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ray, I saw a post from a new guy the other day. You took a new member out, uh, Adam Roussel. How'd that go? Yeah, it went quite well. Uh, I met him a couple weeks, a few weeks ago. Was at Route 22, uh, you know, getting some ice and, and, and gas and stuff. And he said, "Hey, you're Cajun Ray." And I said, "Yeah, I am." So we started talking, exchanged <laughs> numbers, and lo and behold, you know, two weeks later, uh, Neil got uh, my fishing partner got sick. So I sent him a text: "You want to go?" Because he's off on Fridays. And uh, he said, sure. So we got out there. So I sent him another text. I started thinking. I said, I don't know if this guy has a – I said, you, do you have a jig pole? He says, no. Do I need to go buy one? I said, no, I got plenty. So anyways, he was a newbie to 10-foot jig poles. He's lived out on the Chifuncta River. You know, he doesn't live on the river itself a couple of blocks away. So he's been fishing the river. And uh, so he shows up, and I have a 10-foot pole for him. And he's got two five-and-a-half-foot ultralights. He's got a cork uh, and a jig three foot under the cork. That's how you fish. See what I'm telling <laughs> That's you? That's how you fish sockley. <laughs> yeah. That's how you fish sockley. So, anyway, so we get out on the first spot. You know, in uh, uh, this uh, this first spot, we get out there and it's in pretty deep water. And I put that jig pole in the hand. And he said, "Well, Mister Ray, why, why do I need to fish with a ten foot pole?" I said. I'd rather you find out. I said, so he puts his pole down, and lo and behold, he got a thump. And he went, oh, my. And he he set the hook, and he pulled it in. And the first fish that he caught on that 10-foot pole was about a two, two two-and-a-half-pound gas bagoo. Man, and that's a heck of a fight. That's a heck of a fight. You know, so, and then we got, and he put it down again, and he, and so, at the at the end of the day, you know, we had a pretty decent trip. It was very slow. Even jig rig was having a slow day. But we, I think we caught twelve. So we get back to the launch, and about two hours later, I get a text from him. He says, "On the way home, I stopped at the academy and bought a ten foot jig pole." So he oh, understood. Yeah. 
Yeah, he understood. Yeah. I said, well, welcome to, welcome to the addiction. And then I put – Yeah, the – those big, uh, those big poles. Think of it as, uh, think of Sakale, uh, bite like magic, and think of that as your uh, magic wand. It is, you know. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, I saw him again yesterday. Uh, he was on a spot, and then now it's one of my new spots. You know, so I'm gonna have to kind of maybe give him a little accolades about that. So I said, "Are you catching any fish today?" He said, "I have five. Uh, the teacher only had three in the boat at that time." <laughs> so. But he had five in the boat using his ten foot jig pole fishing. Uh, he was fishing ten foot deep on the, with the jig pole. So well, let me did, tell you, that's a great when he start. Came out, he five. learned, you know, yeah, he just learned what to look for. And he's like me; he's passed up so many things years ago. He used to pass up all kinds of stuff. Well, now he knows if he sees a lay down, he's got to stop and fish it. Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing I've learned from you two guys is it, it, it's go against what your head is saying because you're out in the middle of a river with a little jig, you know, lowering it down, your head doesn't say, this is nothing, you know, it says it's nothing here. But if you just give it a little time, man, that thump just comes out of nowhere, it's bam, you know, and you're on them. Oh, yeah. I love the thump. Love like the thump, Yesterday, huh? we, you know, yeah, I love the thump. Thursday, we, you know, it was like, we were blessed. To, I say blessed. You know, some people don't think so, but we had the overcast sky for several days. And, mm-hmm. uh, Man, I tell you, it made all the difference in the world. And Thursday, we still had that overcast. So when Neil and I would pull up to a place, man, we just knew we were going to get a thump. But yesterday, not so. We had to really work for him. But I talked to a bass fisherman that went out Tuesday, a good friend of mine. Uh, he went out with a friend of his, and he said the best day he ever had on the river. And that was uh, it was pretty heavy Tuesday with the, that dust storm we had from Africa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, he caught... He caught 20 bass. He said, oh, he kept 20, but he said he caught so many bass. It was unbelievable on the River Tuesday. With, and it was because wow. it was overcast all day long. So, man, when you – and Friday we went out. We had no – it was bluebird sky. So – but that was the difference right then. We had no tide. So that's why I said we really had to work for him Friday. So I don't know if Jig Brig reported yet. He he was out there Friday. He had five or six, and he packed his stuff up and went to the tick fall. <laughs> well, but yeah, I got to see a report there. from him. Uh, I think he caught says three. Let's see. Well, it's hard to read his reports because he says conditions were perfect every time. Yeah, you know? so, <laughs> it's always perfect. Tough, but it looks like that was the trip you're talking about. Well, I hear the music, Ray. I certainly appreciate you. Uh, for joining us and helping us out with some soccer fishing. Keep me posted, all right? All right, will do. All right, bye. All right. Ray Miller, the soccer killer. All right, that's going to do it for the show this morning, uh, North Shore Fishing Report. Hope you enjoyed it. I want to thank Andy Jones of Wicked Charters. Uh, also, Chris Basie talking a little bass fishing, and you just heard him right there, Ray Miller, a.k.a. Cajun Ray. Uh, also, Lions and Lunkers, I want to get this in. We'll be holding the next tournament at Pool Bluff on June 30th, so that'll be tomorrow. Uh, more information, just go to North Shore Fishing Report. All right, we'll pick back up every last Saturday of the month for the North Shore Fishing Report. Uh, if you're heading out of the water, good luck this weekend. Don't forget, lots of sunscreen, lots of drinking water. Good luck and stay safe out of the water. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.